when to keep quiet. I want to talk about our words and uh, not just so much what we say, but sometimes learning not to say anything. We've got a lot of scripture that we'll look at. They won't be on the screen, but they'll, they're in your outline, in your notes. And this might seem like a strange message, especially going into the holiday season, but here's the thing about the holiday season. It's a time of gathering. It's a time of family getting together, friends getting together. And there's a lot of conversation, a lot of talking that takes place during the holidays. And if we aren't careful, we can say the wrong thing when we shouldn't. And then we've got to deal with hostility or the holidays being disrupted because we don't know how to control what comes out of our mouth. Our words get us into trouble. And so I just felt that this is what the Lord would have us to look at tonight. So Proverbs chapter 10 verse number 19 Let's look at what it says. It says, When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. And then look at verse, that same verse in the New Living Translation. It says, talk, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. In the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, this is Samson that we read about as he lays his head in the lap of Delilah. It says this, So he told her all that was in his heart and said to her, A razor has never come on my head, for I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I will become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all that was in his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all that is in his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. Now we know the story of Samson. He was always pushing the limits. He was always pushing the envelope, so to speak, and putting himself in compromising situations. But his ultimate downfall, as we read here in Judges 16, was that he didn't know when to keep quiet. Several times she has tried to get the best of him and he said, hey, put new ropes on me and I'll be weak just like any other man. And he wakes up and he's got new ropes on him. He tells her something else and he goes to sleep and wakes up and she's done exactly what she just told him. And so you would think that Samson, using a little bit of common sense, a little bit of wisdom, would understand that, hey, when I open up to her and tell her these things, she's putting these situations in my life, saying the Philistines are here, and I ought not to tell her anything else. But here in Judges 16, it says that he finally revealed the secret of his power. He finally revealed his entire heart to her. And as a result, it led to his downfall. That night, he lost his power with God, he became a slave. That night the Philistines took him, put his eyes out, and he was blind for the rest of his life, all because he didn't know when to shut up. He didn't know when to keep his mouth closed. And as he laid his head in the lap of Delilah, he spoke too much and got himself into trouble. That's what happens when we talk too much. It can get us into trouble. Too much talk can lead to sin. Too much talk can get us in trouble. Too much talk can lead us into things that we ought not to be in. And so sometimes it's best not to simply know what to say, but sometimes to simply know not to say anything at all. 
The writer of Proverbs tells us in their chapter 10, verse 19, that he who restrains his lips is wise. That the one who can control his lips, control his mouth, control when he speaks or doesn't speak, he is wise. What the writer of Proverbs is saying is that there's a time to be quiet. There's a time not to speak. There's a time, uh, a time to refrain from saying anything. And he says that when we are silent, it demonstrates wisdom. Now, I believe all of us want to be wise. And sometimes part of being wise is not saying anything at all. That when you start to get in that little bit of argument with your spouse, sometimes it's best just to shut up and not say anything. Because if you keep going, you're going to get into trouble. Has anybody ever been there? I have. James chapter 3 verse 2 says, We all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body as well. James says if we can control the tongue, it shows that we're mature. It shows that we're perfect. But he also says that if you can control what comes out of your mouth, you're able to control everything else about your life. But if we'd be honest tonight, we have to admit that we all struggle with controlling our tongues. That sometimes we speak before we think, we say things we ought not to say, and we, we say something when we should just keep our mouth closed. The tongue gets us into more trouble than anything else, does it not? You see, all of us here tonight, we're not out committing open, blatant sin. We're not out there drinking. We're not out there lying. We're not out there thieving. We're not out there committing adultery. But I would argue that all of us have sin with our mouth, and if we'd be honest, at times we still continue to sin with our mouth. It gets us into trouble. Now, I'm not talking about using profanity when it comes to getting in trouble with our mouth. I'm not talking about using uh, language of the world that people use, but I'm simply talking about that sometimes the more we talk, it leads to trouble. It puts us into situations that we'd rather not be in. Let me just give you some examples. Boasting. The more a person begins to talk, if you aren't careful, they'll begin to boast and brag about themselves. Here, here's the thing. We love to hear ourselves talk, and we love to talk about nobody else better than we love to talk about our self. And we'll talk about what we accumulate in life. We'll talk about what we achieve in life. And here's the thing. When you begin to boast and brag about what you've done, what you've achieved, who you are, and somehow like you've arrived, the Bible says that it is sin. Proverbs 27, 2, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. He says, don't be boasting about yourself. Let somebody else, if you're you're going to get praise, let somebody else praise you. But the problem when we begin to talk too much is we get into foolishness and we get into arrogance and we get into sin. And we have to understand that sinning with the tongue is serious business. It's not something that we should treat lightly because God doesn't treat it lightly. In fact, Jesus tells us that there'll come a day we'll give an account for every idle or careless word that we've ever spoken. If for no other reason than to try to to manage our mouth is the fact that we're going to have to give an account for what we say one day. By your words, you'll be acquitted or by your words, you'll be condemned. That's what Jesus said. And so we've got to take it serious. James 1.26 says this, If anyone thinks himself to be religious and does not bottle his own tongue but deceives his own heart, his religion is worthless. In other words, we can have the outward appearance of godliness and holiness and piety, but if we can't control our mouth, your religion is worthless. 
I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but here's the reality. Your, your words reveal your heart. Your words reveal something deeper about you. And so we can put on the display that we've got it all together. We walk with God. But he says, if you can't control the words coming out of your mouth, your piety, your religion is worthless and you have deceived yourself. Now I know that by ourselves we can't control our tongues. That's what James 3 says, no man can tame the tongue. But I believe the Holy Spirit living inside of us can help us tame the tongue and help control what comes out of our mouth and even restrain us from saying things when we feel like we want to say something. In fact, I believe that's one of the reasons that speaking in tongues is the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Isn't it something that the Holy Spirit got a hold of their tongue and changed their language? Because He wants to do something on the inside of us that affects how we talk and also affects when we shouldn't be talking. So tonight, we're going to talk about when to be quiet. Times that we don't need to say anything. I'm going to give you five questions using the word think, T-H-I-N-K, that acrostic. You've heard it before. That's going to help us to know when we should keep quiet. So number one, is it true? Is it true? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19 tells us there are seven things that the Lord hates. And two of those things that God hates is a lying tongue and a false witness who pours out lies. So before we say anything, before we open our mouth to communicate to anybody or say anything to anyone, we need to ask ourselves, is it true? Is what I'm going to say speaking the truth? You see, we want to be people who speak truth rather than lies. We want people to be people of honesty and people of integrity. We want our word to be as good as our bond. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But the only way people can trust what we say is if we are people of integrity and people who always speak the truth. And so what does it mean to speak the truth? What does it mean to be true when it comes to our communication? Well, it means that we should avoid gossip and sharing stories that aren't true. Proverbs eleven nine says, With his mouth the godless man destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. Notice that the godless man destroys his neighbor. You you want to ruin somebody's reputation? You want to try to destroy somebody's character? Open your mouth and begin to spread lies and falsehood about them and you can tear somebody down with what you say. Proverbs 11, 13, He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. I want to be trustworthy. In other words, if somebody tells me something in confidence, I want to keep it to myself rather than putting it out there for everybody else. But if we aren't careful, we'll get all religious and spiritual and say, hey, could you help me pray about this need? And it's nothing more than gossip. But we've put it under the cloak of spirituality. But it's nothing more than gossip. Let me just say this. If somebody tells you something and they don't want you to tell anybody else and you do, it's gossip. I don't care how true it is. If they they say, don't repeat this, and you repeat it, it's gossip. And it's sin. And if we'll be honest, we've we've all been guilty. Because I said, well, we'll use that thing, hey, help me pray about this. As a way to try to expose something that's on the inside of us that wants to get out to somebody else. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. Gossip divides relationships. Proverbs 18, 8, the words of a whisper are like dainty morsels. Listen, it's something that people want to do. They want to get involved in it. And they go down into the innermost parts of the body. 
Proverbs 20, verse 19. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with the gossip. The writer of Proverbs says, hey, if you know somebody who's a gossip, don't even get around. Why? Because it's so easy for us to get dragged into it. Is it not? And, so, and here's the thing. Most of us know who the gossipers are. And it says here, don't, don't associate with them. If you are a gossiper, then, then stop it. We have to deal with it. You see, gossip is one of the number one ways that falsehood is spread. And here's what makes gossip so dangerous. It's usually not entirely true or accurate. When most people begin to spread gossip, it's because they have just a partial amount of information and they don't know the whole story. They don't have all the details concerning what's going on. And so let let me just say this. If anybody ever comes up to you and just begins like this, this is what I heard. You need to walk away. Because it's probably not all true. In fact, here, here's a great rule about gossip. The more interesting it is, the more likely it is to be false. The more interesting it is, the more likely it is to be false. Because here's the thing. You can tell one person this thing, and by the time it gets to 15 people down the way, it's changed. Stuff's been added to it. Stuff's been left out. And the entire story has been changed. That's why it's so dangerous. It hurts people because it multiplies and gets out of control. And so here's the thing. You are responsible for what you pass along just as if it had originated with you. So if somebody comes along and they begin to gossip to you about somebody else, you need to let it stop right there with you and don't say anything else. In fact, let me just say this. If people are gossip to you about somebody else, they'll gossip about you to somebody else. Amen? If they'll talk to you about somebody else, they'll they'll talk about you to somebody else. And so if somebody comes along trying to spread gossip, you need to tell them, hey, I don't want to hear them. In fact, Chuck Swindoll suggests this. If somebody comes along with gossip, ask them, can I quote you on that? And most of the time they'll tell you, hey, don't, don't quote me on that. But being truthful not only has to deal with avoiding gossip, but being truthful also means that we must avoid telling lies. Proverbs 12, 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. Proverbs 14, 5, a trustworthy witness will not lie, but a false witness utters lies. Proverbs 14, 25, a truthful witness saves lies, but he who utters lies is treacherous. We, we, we know here tonight that we should avoid any kind of lying, whether it's a little white lie or a big lie. Listen, it's all lying and it's all wrong in God's eyes. He wants us to be truthful. But can I tell you what it also includes? Being deceptive and not telling the whole truth. When, when, when we begin to leave out things instead of telling the whole story and being deceptive, that's part of falsehood. Is it not? That, that, that's being deceiving to people and it's lying. Being truthful also means that we should avoid saying things that we don't really mean. Think about that. Saying something just because you think it's the right thing to say but you don't really mean the words that's coming out of your mouth. You, you, you see it with Compliments. You walk in, oh, I just love that outfit on you, but you don't really mean it. Isn't that a lie? Oh, you just look so good today, but what you're thinking in the back of your mind is, 
you don't look to. And I'm not talking about being mean to people when we, we see them, but here's the thing. If you say something, you don't really mean it. It's a lie. I mean, can, can we simply agree on that? That if I say something, I don't really mean it from my heart. It's a lie. And here's the thing. We, we, we do this at times, trying to be spiritual. We tell people, I'll be praying for you. But here's the, do you really pray for them? I've been guilty of it. We all have had me. I'll pray for you about this. And we never talk to God about it at all. What we just do. We told a lie. As best I can when I tell somebody I'm going to pray, pray for them, I try to go ahead and pray for them at that moment. In fact, I have been known at times before I call somebody on the phone that I'll take a few minutes to pray for them before I ever call them so that I can tell them, hey, I've prayed for you. Or we say things like this, trying to be spiritual. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And we just hope that they never call us on that, don't we? Because we try to offer words of sentiment and encouragement and trying to be helpful to people. But if you don't really mean that, if there's anything I can do, let me know. If you don't really mean that, then you've just told a lie. Can you see how being truthful is meaning we have to really watch what we say? In all of our communication, we've got to speak the truth. And so if we can't say what is true, we need to keep quiet. Secondly, is it helpful? Not only is it true, but is it helpful? Will your words bring about a solution to a problem? You see, we want to be helpful in what we say. We want to be beneficial in our communication to people. We want to, 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 to lift people up and we want to try to help people and not hurt people. We want to leave people better off and situations better off by the words that we use. Proverbs 10.31 The mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom. Our words should be useful, they should be beneficial, and they should be full of wisdom. Now here's the thing, wisdom comes from God. That's why we need to be in prayer so that God can help us say the right things to people because we want to be helpful when we communicate. Ephesians 4.29 Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Our words need to give encouragement. Our words need to be edifying to those who hear them. And it needs to fit the occasion. And so this means that if our words are going to be helpful, we've got to have knowledge of what we're talking about. We need to have some understanding about the situation and what we're going to say. Proverbs fifteen seven: the lips of the wise spread knowledge. In other words, we don't want to offer empty, meaningless words to others. We want to give something that is beneficial, something that is valuable to the situation. Now let me ask you this. Do you know somebody who talks like they know everything and you can't tell them anything? They have all the answers. And so they're always giving their opinion. They're always giving their advice. Well, let me just say to us, don't be that person that thinks you have all the answers. I know we all have opinions at times, but that don't mean we have to give it. And I know sometimes we'll say, well, this is just my two cents. Well, sometimes we don't need each other's two cents. We just need to be 
quiet. If it's not going to help the situation, if it's not going to solve whatever the people's going through that we're trying to communicate with, don't say anything. In fact, let let me say this. If it's going to make things worse, don't say it. Sometimes we put more problems and more tension in the situation by saying something when we should just be quiet. Let's move on. Number three, is it inspiring? Is it inspiring? Will your words build others up? Will your words be encouraging? Will your words be edifying? Will your words be a help to somebody else? You see, we should use words, use words that build people up, not tear people down. Now, this doesn't mean that we never offer words of criticism, but it does mean that the words we use are chosen carefully and we say them with the right attitude, the right spirit, and the right tone. Ephesians 4.15 says we're to speak the truth in love. That means we need to be honest with people because we don't want to be liars. We've got to speak the truth, but you've got to have the right tone. You've got to say the truth in love. Here's what I've come to find out. People will listen to difficult truth if you can share it to them with love. If they know you care, if they know you're really concerned, people can listen to difficult things if you have the right attitude about you. Let me say it this way. It's not always what you say that matters, but how you say it that matters. Because you can have the right words, but say it the wrong way and do more damage. But if you'll say it the right way and be kind and be gentle and be concerning in what you're saying, people will listen even if you have to give some criticism and rebuke to them. Proverbs twelve eighteen, There is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword. One translation say reckless words pierce like a sword. Think about that. Your words are like a sword. It can cut people. It can hurt people. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. You can change somebody's day by what you say. Proverbs 15, 4, a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Proverbs 15, 23, a man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. Proverbs 25, 11, like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. How many has ever had somebody come to you and they said the right thing at the right time and it just blessed you? It helped you. That's what we're supposed to be about. And that means sometimes we have to be discerning in what we say and what we share because we don't always have to say anything. But when we do, we've got to make sure that it's helpful. You see, our words can change someone else's life either in a positive way or in a negative way. We we can build people up, we can tear them down all by the words that we say. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can speak life or you can speak death. You can speak blessing or you can speak cursing. You can speak encouragement or you can speak discouragement. You can change somebody's life by what you say. Here's the thing. You want to know why some people haven't reached their full potential and haven't lived up to all that they could do? It's because of words people have spoken to them. All they have known their entire life is nothing but, but cruelty and hostility and, every, and, and how they've been communicated to. And so they, they think they're a nobody because somebody's told them over and over again, you're a nobody. That's all they've heard. 
There's a lot of people that have left this world and been put in a grave who never lived out their dream because nobody ever believed in them and told them. I would say to us as parents, grandparents, if we want to see our grandkids, our kids live out their potential and and live the life that I believe God has for them, we need to learn how to speak the right words over them, words that can be helpful, words that can be beneficial. If they have a dream, we need to say, hey, with God, you can do that. And you need to believe in them and, and, and say that over them. But if all we're going to do is tear down and be cruel and hostile and angry, we don't need to say anything. Just keep our mouths closed. You see, all of us here tonight have been affected, good or bad, by the words others have spoken to us. Haven't we? Maybe it's a teacher in your grade school that they spoke words over you, words of blessing, and you believe what they said. And maybe that's the reason you chose the path that you chose, because somebody believed in you and told you. But also, others of us, we've had people speak negatively to us and it's affected us. It's kept us from taking risks. It's kept us from stepping out into the unknown because we've been told, hey, you can't do that. You can't accomplish it. We've all been affected by words. And so here's what I want to suggest to you. Before you begin to speak to others, think about what you're going to say. Put yourself in their shoes and then ask yourself this, would I be hurt by the words I'm about to speak? What I'm about to share with them, if I was in their situation and somebody said that to me, would it hurt me or would it help me? Would it inspire me or would it take the air out of my sails? See, that's how we've got to begin to look at things. And if we can't say something inspiring, if we can't say something that's going to build somebody up, pump them up, then we don't need to say anything. In fact, I may have told you this before, but if you look at the word encourage, what the word E-N means, it means to add to. You're adding courage to them when you encourage somebody. And discourage means you're taking courage from somebody. I want to add courage to people. Amen? I want to inspire people to dream big, to do big, and to live the life that God's called them to live. So let me ask you this before we move on. How many of your words so far this week have been words of encouragement? How many of them have been words of discouragement? How many of your words this week were words that built others up? Or have you spoken words this week that have torn people down? How many times this week did you find it necessary to criticize and to tear down and destroy? Are you the kind of person that other people are glad to see walk into a room? Are you the kind of person that when they see you, they want to turn around and go the other way? Something to ponder. I I, I want people to want to be around me. Because they know if they get around that guy, hey, he's going to say something good to me. Let's move on. Number four, is it necessary? In other words, do do we have to say anything at all? Just because we have something to say doesn't mean we have to say it. I wish more people would get that. Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you have to share it. In other words, it, it goes back to this. If it's not helpful, if it's not contributing, then it's not necessary. If what we're going to say takes away from the conversation rather than add to it, Maybe we shouldn't say anything. 
See, saying nothing at times, being silent at times is using wisdom. If you've ever been in an argument with your spouse, you know this to be true, that sometimes it's best just to say nothing. Look at Proverbs 10, 19 again. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. All of us want to be wise. And that means sometimes we've got to restrain our lips from saying what we think we should be saying. Proverbs 11 and 2, He who despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. Proverbs eleven thirteen, He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. Proverbs 17, 28, Even a fool when he keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. Think about that. Even a foolish man, if he knows when to be quiet, he's considered wise. Ecclesiastes 3, 7, There's a time to tear apart, a time to sew together. Notice this. A time to be silent and a time to speak. James 1, 19, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone may be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Did you see that? We should be slow to speak, meaning that we should give thought about what we're going to say, and if it doesn't need to be added to the conversation, we should use wisdom and not say anything. But did you notice the first part of it, though, be swift to hear? We should be quick to listen, but slow in how we approach talking. Calvin Coolidge once said this, I've never been hurt by anything I did not say. And let me add this, no one else has been hurt by anything you didn't say. See, if you don't say anything, you can't hurt anybody. If you don't say anything, you can't keep fighting. Listen, it's hard to argue with somebody who's not wanting to fight back. But can I tell you what happens when we begin to fight back and open our mouth? It just escalates. It just gets bigger. We just add more fuel to the fire. But if you'll use wisdom and say, hey, I don't need to say anything, sooner or later they're going to calm down. And then you can talk maybe normally and you don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to fuss. You don't have to fight. You don't have to argue. There's this story that I saw online about a woman who had a very serious throat condition. The doctor told her that her vocal cords needed total rest and so she was told for six months you can't say a word. You're forbidden to talk for six months. And so with a husband and six kids, she thought, hey, this is impossible. How am I going to deal with my family for six months when I can't say anything? But she did what she was told to do. So whenever she needed the kids, she would blow a whistle and whenever she needed to communicate, she wrote things on a pad of paper. After six months, her voice came back and when she was asked what it was like to communicate only in writing, she said this, You'd be surprised how many notes I crumpled up and threw into the trash before I gave them to anyone. Seeing my words before me, before anyone heard them had an effect that I don't think I can ever forget. Let me just say this. If you ever get angry and feel like telling somebody a piece of your mind, how about type a letter out first? And then think about whether or not you want to send it. And maybe by the time you get done typing it out, writing it out, you might think, hey, I don't need to share this. And you can do just like this woman, crumple up, put it in trash. Because if you can see your words in front of you, it would change how you respond. But most of the time what we do, we, we, we react instead of act. We go on the, the, the defenses when somebody hurts us and I, I've got to react now. 
But if we gave more careful thought to what we're going to say, we might find that we have less to say, which would lead to less trouble. Psalm 39, 1. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly around me. Some translation says, I'll put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the lost. Let me just say this, not just when you're in the presence of lost people, when you're in the presence of anybody, you need to hold your tongue sometimes. Guard your mouth as though you've put a muzzle on. Hey, I'm locking this thing down so that nothing escapes that don't need to get out. We've got to diligently guard our mouth, consider carefully the words that we speak. And if the words we're going to speak, if they're careless, if they're idle, we shouldn't say anything. But finally, number five, is it kind? Is it kind? Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer, kind words, it turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. You see, if you want to avoid a lot of quarrels and arguments and fights, if you'll learn to speak gently and kindly to other people, you can keep yourself from fussing and fighting all the time. Now, I know some people, that they like fussing. They like fighting. They like arguing. Personally, I, I don't like getting in arguments. I don't like fussing and fighting. I don't like uh, losing my cool, losing my temper. But if we would think about what we're going to say and ask ourselves, is this kind? It would keep us from some of the things that we get into when it comes to clashing with other people. Instead of lashing out, if we'd stay calm and collected and speak kind words, it'd go a long way to bring healing to people, healing to relationships. There are marriages that have been destroyed because people can't, husbands and wives can't speak kindly to each other. Everything's always short. Everything's always just kind of just snappy at each other. That's no kind of home to live in. And can I tell you what happens when, when we have kids come up in that environment? That, that's how our kids think. That's how mom and dad's supposed to communicate. That's how husband and wife are supposed to talk. Instead of belittling people, putting people down, we need to speak words of affirmation. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Did you, did you see that? Kind words promote health. It, ha, it has greater influence on people when you speak words of kindness rather than words of hate. You, listen, if you want to get somebody to help you out and do something for you, you, you'll get it a lot quicker by being nice than you will being hateful. Words hurt and words wound. And I'm afraid sometimes that we don't realize just how much hurt and damage is caused by words. So I ask you, are you hurting people or helping people by the words you speak? Colossians 4, 6, Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Look at it in the New Living Translation. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Our words should be kind and gracious. As the old saying is, and this might not be quoted exactly, but if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. That's good advice that our mamas told us when we were growing up. If you can't say anything good, if you can't say anything nice, just don't say anything at all. That's good advice to live by. 
Sometimes walking away saying nothing's the wise thing to do. So in closing, I want to give you some thoughts of application. You can write these down if you want to, but, but first of all, I want to say this. An unchecked tongue may reveal an unconverted heart. An unchecked tongue may reveal an unconverted heart. James 1.26 again, If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Wouldn't it be a shame to think that everything's okay in my life, that I'm on my way to heaven, that outwardly I look religious, outwardly I look devout and pious, but I can't refrain what comes out of my mouth. James says, your religion's worthless and you've deceived yourself. Again, our mouths are going to get us into trouble from time to time. Even those that are born again and on the way to heaven, it's going to get us in trouble sometimes. But, but if you're constantly running your mouth and can't control what comes out of your life, it reveals a deeper issue in your life. It reveals something about your heart, which leads me to the, the second thing. Your words reveal what's in your heart. Matthew 12, 34, You brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. What's he saying? What's in your heart? That's what's coming out. Matthew 15, 19, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. Our words can reveal that we might have a heart problem. Our words can reveal that our heart might be wicked. Our words reveal the content of our heart. What comes out of our mouth reveals what our heart is full of. So if, if nothing but anger and cruel words and, and, and hateful words come out, according to what Jesus is saying, that's what's filling your heart. Have you ever heard somebody say something, whether it be something mean, derogatory, whatever, and then they say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. That's a lame excuse. It's in your heart. If it's not there, it doesn't come out. That's what Jesus, if it's not in there, it doesn't come out. Let me just ask you this. So what are you putting in your heart? That's what, what are you putting in your heart? What are you putting in your life? Because whatever you fill yourself with, that's what's going to come out. Here's another thing I want you to, you can write down if you want to. God is always aware of what we say. Matthew 12, 36, 37. I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. God hears every word that we speak and apparently from these verses, He keeps record of every word that we speak. God's got the recorder on. And He knows what we're saying. And He says that one day we're going to give an account of it. Even those things you say in secret that nobody else knows will be brought to the light and you'll stand before God and give an account. The thoughts of our minds that we don't even utter from our lips. God is aware. God's taking notes and we'll give an account. The things that we wouldn't say to people's face, God knows what you've said. Every time you've run somebody down behind their back, God knows what you said. Every time you've been mean, God knows. Every time you've been angry, 
God knows. Listen, if for no other reason to control what comes out of my mouth, the fact that I've got to stand before God. And I don't know if he's going to read back some of the things we've said. But we're going to give an account. Every idle word, careless word, empty, meaningless things that we just utter, you're going to give an account. When we just say things in passing, as I've already said, that we don't really mean, we've got to give an account to that. Another thing, we can save ourselves a lot of trouble by watching what we say. Proverbs 21, 23, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. If you want less trouble, watch what you say. Well, here's the thing. I've been a teenager in high school and I know that my mouth can get me in trouble. I know there's been times because of my mouth I had to put up my fist and fight. Could have been avoided if I just kept my mouth closed. Marriages have been split because people could not control what they said. It leads to trouble. Relationships between parents and kids have been destroyed because of words spoken in anger. You want to have less trouble Sometimes just say nothing. One more thing. We should want to please God with our words. Our words should be glorifying to Him. Our words should be edifying Him. Our words should be honoring to Him. Look at Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock. And my Redeemer. That's what we should pray as we wake up every day. Throughout, God, God, let my words be acceptable in your sight. Help me to refrain from saying things I don't need to say. And Lord, if I should refrain from saying anything at all, help me to keep my tongue in check so that my words will be acceptable. In fact, you know, the writer of Ecclesiastes, I think it's around chapter 5, says that even when we come to the house of God, let your words be you. That doesn't mean we, we shouldn't come and offer praise and worship to God, but here's the thing. Even in worship, your words can get you into trouble because draw near with our mouth, but their heart is far from me. If we can't offer sincere praise, then maybe we shouldn't offer any at all. Maybe sometimes we come to the house of God. Maybe sometimes it would do us good just to sit here and contemplate what God has done for us. And as we contemplate what He's done for us, it turns into true praise and worship. Maybe we're not singing hallelujah and, 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 and shouting all over the place like we, we think we ought to, but maybe sometimes just come and reflecting on what God's done. And out of reflecting on that, it, it turns our heart to Him to where we simply are grateful for what He's done. Because the Bible says that if you're going to worship God, you need to worship in spirit and in, what's the other word? Truth. Words affect every area of our life, not just with people, but with our relationship with God. And so if we're going to avoid offending God and other people with our mouths, 
There's going to be times when you've got to learn to be quiet. So before you speak, you need to ask yourself those five questions. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And if you're here tonight and you've sinned with your words, maybe you've gotten angry and said something you ought not to say, maybe you lashed out at somebody in anger, tonight you need to confess it to God. But let's go a step further than that, not only confessing it, God, humble yourself and go apologize for what you've said. That's something that we often leave out when it comes to how we offend people with what we say. We'll ask God to forgive us and, oh, I'm okay, but are you okay with the person you said it to? Because Jesus said, if you're going to bring your gift to the altar and your brother has all against you, leave your gift, go be reconciled, and then come back. It's the holiday season. And now more than ever, when we get together as families, we need to be careful what we say. I get around my family and they like to talk. We, 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 we talk, we converse, but if we aren't careful, all it takes is somebody to say the wrong thing and people can get angry. People can get mad. And it's no different in your family. And people can get blowed up and, 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 and mad. I'm going to leave. I'm not going to come back. All because of words. I want God to help us control what comes out of our mouth. Not just dealing with family members and friends, but in dealing with lost people. That, that scripture in Colossians about let your, your conversation always be seasoned with grace. That's seasoned with salt. That's dealing with outsiders, dealing with lost people. And so I just pray that God help us. And I believe tonight if we'd all be honest and look at our hearts, look at our lives, we could all say tonight, hey, there's things I need to confess. Things I need to tell God that I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I've said. And so tonight I want to take a few moments to pray. And let's ask God to forgive us. Let's ask God to cleanse us. And let's ask God to help us to make a change in our words. Would you stand with me?